You're listening to the On the Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending October 28, 2016. and welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. And I'm Allison Cartwright, fellow news writer. Agencies could be saving over $1 billion by making better use of the Federal Strategic Sourcing Initiative, the Government Accountability Office reported this week. Of the $6.9 billion agencies spent on applicable goods and services in fiscal 2015, $4.5 billion could have been spent through FSSIs instead of the relatively scant $462 million that actually went through the vehicles. As a result, total federal savings for the year was $129 million, which admittedly is nothing to sneeze at. But if all addressable spending had gone through FSSIs, $1.3 billion could have been saved. GAO partially attributed the low use of FSSIs to the Leadership Council, which provides governance for the initiative, themselves only directing 10% of their eligible spend to FSSIs. The Council also has not prompted other federal agencies to develop plans to transition their conventional spend over to FSSIs. Of course, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy has its category management initiative underway as well, and GAO noted OFPP is incorporating lessons learned from FSSI into the structure of its Catman efforts. However, OFPP is not ensured that agencies have set specific targets and metrics to assess their use of FSSI and Catman. GAO advised there really does need to be not only set parameters for using strategic sourcing, but more accountability for its adoption, starting with the Leadership Council itself. It also recommended tracking agency-specific targets and metrics as part of the category management cross-agency priority goal. Other big news for the week? You do not want to mess with Texas judges. A federal judge issued a preliminary injunction on Monday preventing the implementation of the Fair Pay and Safe Workplaces Executive Order. Judge Marsh Crone of the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Texas agreed with the suit brought by Associated Builders and Contractors, noting that contractors' ability to deliver cost-effective and efficient services to the government would likely be impaired by the arbitrary and unnecessary burdens imposed by the EO and its implementing rule and related guidance. Moreover, Judge Crone noted that requiring contractors to report and defend against agency labor law allegations that are still under adjudication without being entitled to a hearing likely violates their due process rights and the First Amendment. The Department of Labor expressed confidence that the rule and its corresponding guidance were actually legally sound, and legal experts are expecting the government to appeal. However, in the meantime, the FAR Council has issued a memorandum directing federal agencies to ensure no sections, provisions, or clauses related to the order or rule are implemented pending further decisions in the case. The 2016 performance of the Defense Acquisition System Report has revealed that cost growth in the Department of Defense's major acquisitions program is at a 30-year low. Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics, Frank Kendall, was responsible for compiling the report and made the case that the statistics argue against eliminating the USD, AT&L position, as the Senate Armed Services Committee has been considering. 
Although the report contained good news about the overall cost, schedule, and quality of delivered products during Kendall's tenure, he did flag some areas of concern, including declining contract competition rates, flat initial operational test performance ratings, and declining small business subcontractor use. Defense costs may be down, but the expense to maintain legacy IT systems are the highest they have been in a decade, and they are getting higher, according to an IDC Government Insights report. The report indicated that 78% of proposed agency IT budgets for fiscal year 2017 is getting sucked down simply for operations and management. This does not leave very much funding for systems developments and upgrade, which are necessary not only to take advantage of technology advances and organizational growth, but also to guard against cyber attacks. DOD is expanding the novel and cost-saving approach it took to defending its networks with development of a contract vehicle to encourage DOD components to replicate the success of DOD's Hack the Pentagon Bug Bounty Pilot Program with their own crowdsourced vulnerability-finding efforts. The developing contract vehicles were $7 million and will offer 14 challenges to hackers. Defense Secretary Ashton Carter says DOD also plans to add incentives to acquisition policies so the department's contractors can use the same innovative approaches to their own cybersecurity testing. In other DoD cybersecurity news, all U.S. Cyber Command Cyber Mission Force teams have reached their initial operating capability and are ready to perform their fundamental missions, chiefly to defend DoD networks from cyber attacks or to launch cyber offenses with the President's orders. Half of the Cyber Mission Force has reached full operating capability, with the rest expected to follow by September 30, 2018. The General Services Administration's Making It Easier program is releasing new initiatives in the acquisition gateway to help non-traditional contractors support government acquisition and procurement on IT Schedule 70. The three new Making It Easier initiatives include the Multiple Award Schedule Modification Improvement Project providing helpful checklists and templates, Quick Start Guides which offer instructional guidance for MAS contract vehicles and more, and an overhauled help desk which features a single point of entry to ease the process of requesting assistance also gsa has published it's making it easier to do business with the government report which outlines making it easier accomplishments in fiscal year 2016 and its plans for 2017 As part of a headquarters reorganization effort, the Transportation Security Administration has created a position for a new Chief of Mission Support. The overall reorganization will affect acquisitions, as there will now be an acquisitions office separate from procurement. The CMS position has been posted on the USA Jobs website, and the agency hopes to select a candidate in the next few months. We're going to resume talking about the event that you attended and catch up with part two of that, Allison. All right, so take us back in. Remind us where you were. Right. So uh, last week I attended the Fed Talks 2016 event that was hosted by FedScoop. And that event brought together IT executives and officials from the government and industry. And in last Friday's podcast, I talked about how many of the speakers at the event um, talked about this IT paradigm shift that needs to happen, like, uh, for example, moving towards a customer-centric model, and that will help uh, to best achieve cyber capabilities and cybersecurity. But this week, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what was said about how the cyber environment is changing and what the future cyber culture will look like. Um, So many people are just now realizing 
that legacy systems are considered desktops and even laptops nowadays. And technology is moving more towards mobile devices and integrated devices. So the co-founder of 18F, Aaron Snow, and Eric Heisen, the digital services lead at DHS, was saying that the incoming workforce, like college graduates, Mm -hmm. They don't want to work for the government, partly because of the tools that are provided. The desktops and uh, laptops just aren't doing it for them. Mm -hmm. They are used to this instant gratification with mobile freedom that comes with smartphones and apps and tablets and other mobile devices. So um, this is something that the government is starting to move towards, these integrated devices, a tablet, a smartphone, and laptop that can all retrieve your stored data. So along with that connectivity, the corporate VP of Microsoft Azure, Jason Zander, said that uh, AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be something that is democratized on a massive scale, which means that uh, it'll be used for voice assistance, knowing your schedule, supporting productivity, and even recognizing your identity. So in line with the customer-centric approach that needs to happen and this demand for connectivity, there was a lot of talk surrounding apps. Mm -hmm. Uh, Currently, and they'll be used more so to connect the government and the citizens, and that will better help the government to serve the people. Um, Some examples that were talked about were EPA's eManifest app, Mm -hmm. and that is being used to evaluate customer experience on nationwide waste management, and BlackBerry's ad hoc, which is used by the DHS to connect with its employees that are in crises. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great that the government is finally like being like, all right, we've got to do this. And then, of course, you know, the next question is going to be, well, how do we secure it all down? Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, BYOD mm-hmm. is still a thing that not all agencies are are doing because, you know, how do you secure it? How do you vet every mobile right. device? Yeah. Yeah, that was exactly something they talked about with all of these added user endpoints from your tablet to your mobile device to your laptop, etc. There's and even more um, cybersecurity vulnerabilities. And so that's something that um, they really need to think about. And um, part of that is going to mean no more passwords, no more common access cards, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be using biometric readers like thumbprint readers in order to access all of these devices. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I was, uh, we've been seeing coverage in the news this particular week about um, millennials, Okay, great. They want their tech savvy and the fresh ideas brought in to the federal government, but at the same time, they're not their hygiene online is not mm-hmm. fantastic because they've kind of grown up with this stuff and um, I think one of the articles I saw was, you know, millennials are coming in and leaving the back door wide open behind them. <laughs> like they're, they're, they share passwords and they don't secure stuff. And, you know, they, they aren't, I guess there's a certain amount of healthy paranoia that mm-hmm. people, older people like myself, um, where, you know, they have that like sort of gimlet eye about using tech mm-hmm. and wondering, well, okay, now just what else could, who can access this information? Can this be hacked and things like 
like that. And, um, you know, younger people are just, they've been breathing in this like a goldfish in water um, mm-hmm. for so long that they're a little less paranoid about it. And so they, they are a little bit more of a security risk, actually, because mm-hmm. of that. So, but yeah, once you get your eyeball scanning and fingerprint stuff uh, and, you know, only your tablet activates to that, then that'll certainly keep things much more secure. Right. I, I feel like since uh, millennials grew up with technology, they're a lot more trusting of it. And that's part of the problem. Sure, but, um, yeah. Because for so, the rest of us, it was like, oh, this is new stuff. We're, we're not quite sure how right. we feel about this yet. So, yeah. Yep. Well, excellent. Thanks very much for this recap, Allison. It seems like this event provided a really great overview of where the priorities are going to be for federal CIOs and managers. Yeah, it was a really interesting event. And uh, hopefully this will give our listeners an idea of where things are headed on the federal tech front. Yes, always good to know. That is all for this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the covered headlines on the same VAO page where you downloaded this podcast. Tune in again next Friday to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.